Hi, I'm Kyle Barton, and on this 383rd episode of the MWA podcast, Sean Wasuski and Mark Hicks and I are asking Nick Carruthers the five questions. Now, if you want to hear more about Nick and his epic shot move, be sure to check out his interview on episode 382. Welcome back to the show, Nick. Thank you. Good to be back. Well, before we get started with the five questions, do we have a Patreon shout out? We do. We do. A big thanks, as always, to our Patreon supporters. And today we're calling out Ken Woolley, also known as Joint Plane Saw. If you would like to get a shout out, you need to support the show. You can go to www.patreon.com forward slash MWA podcast and sign up and, you know, flip us a dollar or two a month and we can maybe we can get Diami back on the show that once we've paid all of his bills. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's right. He's holding us hostage. I don't know why, but you know, <laughs> hey. If you guys will cover the hosting fees for the show for one month, I'll come back on the show. That's oh, right. That's maybe. right. Well, with that, let's move on to our five questions. So first up, Mark. How well, so we we've learned how you got woodworking into your basement but how did you get into woodworking <laughs> how did i get into woodworking uh it's a uh, kind of long and gradual process but uh kind of growing up my uh, i grew up in an old house and my mother was quite handy uh she's a retired english professor but she uh, would do all sorts of things around the house if we needed something fixed she would go to stebbins anderson and uh, get what needed to be done and fixed it when we had puppies uh, or when our dog had puppies, I should say, um, uh, she built a whelping pen uh, uh, for uh, so that uh, the puppies wouldn't get squished up against the side. Um, and so kind of learned early on that you could do stuff like that. Um, I have a distinct memory of when I was a teenager of uh, my mother uh, telling me to build a box around the chimney uh in in one of our rooms and i was i had no idea what she was talking about turns out it was framing a framer around the chimney uh and i was like oh okay well let's do that so as as a young teenager i was doing uh house projects you know things uh home improvement things and uh one of my scout leaders turned out to be a good friend uh, bert knight he uh kind of introduced me to a whole lot of things like that uh home improvement projects um uh, we redid one of the rooms in this house that I grew up in. You know, it was 1890s vintage, wow. uh, where we tore all the uh, ceiling out and had to jack up the joist that it was cracked and plate it uh, and whatnot. And uh, through all sorts of things like that, I kind of uh, learned how to be handy, so to speak. Um, and. It, that kind of carried on through uh, life, uh, and when I went to um, uh, medical school, kind of took some tools with me, uh, built a few things, like I had a chop saw uh, that I'd uh, gotten a while before, but the it really kind of started to take off when I uh, uh, moved into our first house in, in residency and had all the house projects to do and home improvement and started accumulating tools. <laughs> But in terms of woodworking, it was the the kind of pivot point was I got a gift certificate or a gift card to Lowe's or Home Depot uh, for Christmas for my in-laws one Christmas. And for whatever reason, without really a plan in mind, I, I got a table saw. Um, mm -hmm. 
I got a the one of the DeWalt job site table saws. Oh, yeah. and uh, and and I I got the table saw and I was looking at it. I was like, well, well, well I have this now. What am I going to do with it? Because <laughs> you know you know, you don't use a table saw that much in in home projects, uh, right? Uh, mm. So uh, I had a, a couple of those Home Depot books, uh, you know, the project books, and one of in in one of them they had a uh, Adirondack chair book. Excuse me, Adirondack chair um, uh, plans, and so I was like, all right, well, I'll build an Adirondack chair, and uh, that in order to build an Adirondack chair, I had to uh, a learn what a dado blade was, and then <laughs> b buy a dado blade, uh, and c uh, put it on a job site, and then c put it on a job <laughs> no. site saw and make and make a uh, half lap joint. Um, wow. and okay. learn how to size it properly for your yeah. material. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I built it, and I, I, you know, took pictures as I was going along, just with a, you know, phone, and uh, and posted it on Facebook. This was kind of probably my fourth year of surgical residency, and uh, you know, painted it. It was poplar, you know, painted it uh, green, and uh, you know, got a good response to it. You know, people were like, oh wow, that's really cool, and I was like, well, I really enjoyed doing it. And uh, ended up for my in-laws building, a, in the end, a set of six of those chairs out of much hardier wood, out of uh, uh, some sort of mahogany or mahogany-esque wood um, that we still have to, these day, to this day um, uh, that have survived 10, 12 years. Uh, granted, they're kept in the shed over the winter, but um, and that that's what really kind of uh, cemented the bug uh, to do woodworking, and from there, uh, I it was just a rabbit hole of uh, tool purchases, uh, of figuring out uh, techniques, uh, learning things, uh, and uh, here I am. Uh, <laughs> mm. uh, however many years later, it's you know 10, 12 years later, and uh, and uh, it's in my blood. Well. First of all, I'd like to encourage you to, you know, continue your passion into chair building. Absolutely. But, uh, <laughs> but did any of your um, cohorts in the uh, medical community go, you're doing woodworking with table saws and you're a vascular surgeon? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely get that a lot. And Okay. Uh, <laughs> and unfortunately, I, ha I have hurt myself. Uh, but, oh. Uh, uh, you know, uh, not not grievously, but yeah, mm -hmm. you, you get that a lot. But you know, uh, in a lot of my colleagues, your know, friends and colleagues in in the medical profession, both mm -hmm. uh, surgical and not, are uh, woodworkers. Uh, you know, my yeah. my uh, knowledge of old iron uh, came from a good friend of mine who is a a, a, a thyroid surgeon. You know, I I gave my old jointer to a, a resident who's now a colleague uh, and. Uh, in you know, minimally invasive surgery, so there, there's definitely a a um, crossover there of people okay, cool. who like to like to do things with their hands, so to speak, and then sometimes dangerous things. <laughs> <laughs> I come to find out that you know, technical people, skilled people, dentists, doctors mm -hmm. have a have a, a you know propensity to find woodworking as a hobby because it in involves a kind of detail. In a different way. Yeah, yeah, 
and I the when I upgraded to the uh, 32 inch bandsaw, I sold my 27 to uh, to a dentist. <laughs> uh, so, well, fantastic. Well, if you decide to upgrade to you know the 52 inch bandsaw, just <laughs> let me know. I might not be in the medical profession, but I'm. Well, I was in Jason. the region I was for Jason. shipping. Yes. <laughs> Shipping, I thought he would move it for me, you know. Oh, yeah. Got, well, just, I mean, I'll he'll just, get it uh... on something. Whether you can get it off is another question. <laughs> well, with that, so, um, ooh, I might have stole the thunder there, but so what's your favorite tool? Uh, well, actually, you didn't. Uh, okay. so I, I, I've been thinking about this question for a while, actually. Uh, you know, and uh, honestly, the thing that I always came back to is uh, digital calipers. Ooh. I really. I really like digital calipers. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, which is kind of odd because you know uh, wood woodworking and wood moves uh, mm-hmm. do not need to measure to the thousandth. But uh, I, I've always loved my six-inch digital calipers uh, for uh, all sorts of things, but including woodworking, it's just a fantastic tool for for uh, for measuring for uh, even if you're not measuring to the exact thousandth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the uh, it's a more versatile tool than you would expect if you haven't used them before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can inner inner measurements, outer measurements, um, uh, that thing that comes out the end instead of using the, uh, the <laughs> actual jaws of it. You're right. Uh, mm-hmm. to, for measuring depths of things, um, uh, it's a that that's always been my answer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. no well, well, that that is an interesting answer because yeah, I have a pair of them too that I bought when I was. You know, it's a Wexley digital caliper, yeah. but like one of my, you know, within the first year of me doing woodworking and yeah, I use that all the time for right. and interesting, you, you know, little things just to check something or something like that. But yeah, it's always out. It's always being used. So yeah, that's, that's cool. You don't need to spend a ton on them. I mean, the ones mm. I have are the eye gauging from Amazon. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've, I, in fact, I have actually thought about picking up the eye gauging ones because I think they do a little bit better on doing the actual, um, you know, what empirical measurements. Yeah, I've on, I've had yeah. good results. I'm I'm on my on my second pair of them, like mm-hmm. over ten years. Uh, they they work well and they're like thirty bucks, forty bucks a pop. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. not they're not starrette quality. We understand. No. no. You know, yeah. Well, us, yeah. But ne- yeah. neither are my Wexleys. But yeah, I, I yeah. heard good things about eye gauging. They're actually on my Amazon wish list. Yeah. So mine's mine's tool to... shop. I have I have a six inch pair myself, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, they're 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 handy as hell when because I mean rel- I love relative dimensioning. I really oh, do. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know when you when you need to do something that you know maybe that plywood is not easily measurable if you really know to the gnat's ass this will tell you oh, yeah. you know, yeah. little things like that and and my favorite thing is a little button for empirical to metric because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> like i mean i can do that too uh you know separate from that but i can convert it but if i'm measuring it and i need it in metric i can get it in metric <laughs> without yeah. really thinking about it which is nice I, yeah. I like the older school ones too. I mean, I uh, being in Providence area, uh, uh, Brown and Sharp uh, is, is oh yeah part part of the history. Yeah, I actually uh-huh. have a, a workbench from the factory there uh, in my shop, 
and uh, uh, I'm always on the lookout at, at uh, auctions and estate sales and whatnot for kind of the older uh, micrometers and whatnot uh, mm-hmm. for uh, Brown and Sharp or Starrett or whoever. It's just cool how people manage to get the precision uh, back before the digital age. Absolutely. Yeah, my, of, go ahead. No, I was just saying, my, my mom's dad, my maternal grandfather, was an engineer. And I've gone, gone down in his basement and seen the slide rules and stuff. And knowing that he made, like, massive machinery in the 60s yeah. is, is awesome. <laughs> just like, or designed, I should say. He didn't make it. But, like, he has patents for, for industrial designs. And, and that was hard math back then. And, and, and they had a way of doing it. So the the one set of of dial calipers that I have is a Brown and Sharp, and yeah, um, I I keep a I keep a digital and I keep a dial. I bought the dial on it uh, because I was taking a class with Jeff Lefkowitz, and he recommended a dial caliper. So um, it turns out I probably would have been fine with just a digital, but yeah. <laughs> I've got them now, and I do use them from time to time. It took me a while to figure out how yeah. to read it. Yeah, I, d- I don't know how to read the dial ones, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, think. Yeah, that's a little more technical. Yeah, I, I lot, think well, the battery it's, it's died what, you, what you probably so. learned on, and I'm sure Jeff learned on the dial, so. Yeah. You can probably trust it better than this. I think that's it. I yeah. think that's it. But I, I, you can't zero out the dial as easily as you can a digital. And Yeah. Uh, mm. you know, I, I learned how to read the dial when the batteries in my digital died and I didn't have time to go to the grocery store to get a new yeah. <laughs> There you go. Battery. Well, I'm sure Nick's going to need that when he gets his, you know, 30-inch Northfield planer. <laughs> there, there is one for sale near me. Uh, <laughs> and I, it keeps coming up on my... Uh, my Craigslist search, and I keep saying no, I can't. No, yeah. no. is that the one that has the blade honing thing built it, right into it? It does, or? it's a helical yeah. head, it's got a built in oh, grinder, helical. but it's got a built in grinder. And it, uh, even used, they're trying to sell it for like fifteen thousand dollars. Oh my uh, gosh, no, nope, nope, yeah, thanks. I mean, keep, keep saying no, it, it <laughs> is a very special, special person that will buy that. Yeah. Well, with my, the bandsaw, the 32 inch that I got after we moved to this house, uh, I, it was, I kept seeing it on Craigslist and I'm like, nope, nope. But nope, the, nope, price, nope. The, price, the price kept coming down and down and down and down. And finally, yep, yep, Caved. yep. <laughs> Be very interesting. All right. Yeah. So anyway, back to the question. So who yeah. has influenced you the most? Uh, that's a tough question. You know, a lot of uh, influence uh, in the woodworking world, but I would say kind of early on, probably a common answer here on this show, but it would probably be Mark Spagnolo mm-hmm. uh, from the, the Wood Whisperer. He was you know, someone I found early on uh, after I got the table saw, after I uh, uh, you know built that first uh, uh, Adirondack chair, I discovered him. And you know, really learned a lot from his uh, his early stuff, and and you know, uh, the stuff moving on. Um, the my workbench, uh, the the Rubo, I built from uh, in, at least in part from lumber that I got uh, um, from a mill that was going out of business, and I bought it wet uh, for mm. like. Uh, probably I think 50 cents a board foot for like this beautiful maple oh, man. but uh, I I built it with you know like a lot of people uh, with a combination of the plans from Benchcrafted but also his videos uh, on the process so mm-hmm. uh, you know of of all the people kind of early on and and you know continuing on I still have a lot of respect for him uh, and uh, I would I would say him 
Yeah, very, very cool. Yeah, obviously, Mark inspired many. Thanks to, I believe so. Um, I remember seeing him in an article in a pop, uh, not pop wood, popular mechanics, I believe, magazine. Really? Before, you know, this was 06, 07, mm. you know. And then I started looking into him and he was talking about David Marks and I had no idea who David Marks was. You know, yeah. I didn't have the DIY network or whatever he was on. It was just like, but um, yeah, for sure. I, I've made that cutting board. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen, have you seen his, his garage door ad lately? So it's, no. it, it just, uh, you know, check out on, he like has it on Twitter and whatnot links to it, but uh, it, the my q is the uh, brand of garage door um opener uh okay. like, and it coincidentally is the one that they put in in our house here but uh they they're doing this ad campaign that for some reason they chose him because uh, hmm. of his garage workshop i think uh, i have seen it and for some reason i thought his garage doors didn't open <laughs> but uh, <laughs> i think he blocks them off on purpose yeah it doesn't mean yeah. they're not good i, I think there's there. one that opens because you've got to get stuff in and out that's, so that's yeah. probably it yeah but so they did this you know soft focus thing with him that's it's really interesting but the the, the kind of hilarious part about it is uh they have this uh, uh you know part of the whole myq system is a um uh a video monitoring and they have a, a clip of the, an Amazon driver uh, coming and because the you, if you set it up a certain way, the Amazon can open the garage door to leave packages. Mm. And they have this clip of the Amazon driver, open, the door opens, he comes in, sets the package down, looks around and goes, oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Looking around the shop, it's it's worth watching the video just for that. Little I'll clip. have to find that. That's pretty awesome. So what has been your biggest stumbling block? Uh, it, probably time, you know, like, uh, you know, things get divided up into, you know, little bits here and there. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty common thing. I don't think that's uh, unique to me, certainly. Uh, and, uh, uh, and then just uh, having too many projects uh, or too uh, too many things on the the plate at the same time. Uh, I need to try and focus on certain things, get them done, uh, rather than kind of moving on to the next thing. Uh, so that's probably the biggest thing. <laughs> Sounds very familiar. Mm-hmm. No, no, that makes perfect sense. Are, are you on call at all during the week? Uh, yeah, uh, not not too much, not as as much as uh, my partners, but uh, mm-hmm. but yeah. So. Yeah, that always makes it challenging. Yeah, don't don't start a glue up when you might have to leave, <laughs> leave quickly. You know? Exactly. Oh, very true. Very true. Yes. So yeah, so uh, that, that, that's why you're a big proponent of high glue. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I, open time. I, I do I'll have just a, wash like, it off when I get back. <laughs> <laughs> so, how has the internet influenced your work? Uh, like many on this show, it's, it's been kind of everything, um, you know, from the early on when learning from it and I, you know, and, you know, continually learning from it, both the, uh, Google searches, YouTube, uh, podcasts, et cetera, and just, uh, finding the community as well. Um, and the, the community has been largely through the, the podcasts and, and kind of Facebook groups and everything. Uh, I certainly would not have gotten nearly as into this uh, had it not been for that. I mean, I've certainly learned from books, but um, 
I I have you know pretty clear memories of uh, the the process uh, or or the uh, journey of going along this where I discovered uh, a certain podcast or a certain uh, uh, YouTube channel and and the things that I've learned from it. And then, you know, trying to contribute to it uh, in my own way uh, you know, with uh, uh, first uh, writing into podcasts or, and writing in questions and things like that. And then starting the YouTube channel, uh, which is, uh, I, I would say, is probably not <laughs> educational, but hopefully a few things can, can be learned from it. Of course. Uh, uh, but uh, and then contributing to the community in that way. Um, but yeah, it's definitely it's it's been everything uh, with uh, regards to my woodworking and making in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. see you're you're well involved. You're you're connected, and and I mean it obviously influences us all in some way nowadays, right? Yeah. And, and I that. think your IT background, from what I understand, is is you know, and you're on TikTok. You're, <laughs> I, th- I think oh, you're, you're you're probably enamored <laughs> with some of the newer stuff than than we are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and saying, hey, this is cool. Let's let's do this. Let's do this. And one thing I forgot to bring up in our interview show is, uh, I think you're also big in you know the 3D printing type stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You you have your own like. 3D printing lab. Is that in your basement or is that in your attic? Uh, it's now in my attic. So that's uh, what I, the, when I saw the pictures, I go, it looks like it's in the attic. So yeah. I just wanted to verify that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, it was initially down in the basement here and at our old house, it was in the mm. basement, but, uh, it turns out it's too cold down here. Um, yeah, <laughs> the, this basement runs around 50, 52 degrees and the printers that I have, uh, will not will not literally not start uh, at 50 degrees. I, I would have to jump start them with a hair dryer uh, in order for them to mm-hmm. to start working. So I just I I had space in the attic, which is a more uh, more conditioned space. Uh, uh, it's not conditioned, but it's warmer. Um, and uh, I just hauled them up there. But yeah, I I, I use uh, that largely in in my woodworking. So my. my um, uh, uh, a lot of the the things that I've designed have been jigs for woodworking, uh, right? Uh, for for wood turning, kind of for setting up the coring device, etc. Um, that was one of the biggest big things I did with the 3D printer, um, and uh, it's just I I love the ability to you know, think of something, uh, model it up, and be able to print it out uh, in uh, you know in a matter of hours. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. And you have something something that didn't exist at all, and now exists in the physical world. It's a fantastic thing. I, you know, eventually would love to get a CNC machine uh, to be able to do you know, kind of complement that. I uh, don't have one at the moment, but mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. love love the 3D printers. <laughs> yeah, it, it it is really an uh, it's it's very interesting now that it, like home users have the ability to do that stuff with iterative design and yep. and things like that and then yeah i mean between cnc and and 3d printing of, of of varying degrees you have this like i have an idea and i can actually see it within a reasonable amount of time and modify it and do it again yep. at a, a reasonable amount of cost you know like it's that stuff is is very very interesting and and it, it's no doubt like 
you know, allowing you to push yourselves one way or the other. I mean, I was just scrolling through your, your Instagram and seeing like your, your plumbing filter, you know, yep. that you, you, the, the, uh, light cover that you made, you know, like yeah. that's a utilitarian kind of thing, but yeah, your, your own quick thing. And you have the ability to not only, you know, see it in real life and print it and put it into place all, in, all, you know, kind of in a, in a small time amount of space. Like that's, that's pretty cool. And I used my digital calipers to design that. Oh, there you go. There you <laughs> go. I yep. took the uh, filter cover and took some measurements, and the design was pretty quick. Uh, ultimately, the print was about thirty hours. <laughs> yeah, the printing is slow. Uh, yeah. yeah, but yeah. still, I mean, I mean, be, the ability to make that out of a material that you otherwise can't easily work. Yeah. You know that that's the huge advantage to it. Yeah. And you, know? you couldn't you couldn't machine it out of metal, you know, if you unless yeah. you had a mill and the experience to use it. And, yeah, and then the yeah. weight and complexity. I mean, there's a whole lot going on there. You know, like yeah. for, you know, the job, the, you know, what you need for the job is not necessarily, you know, a certain material and maybe just a certain shape. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter what the material is, and you know, all that comes into play. And I actually, very, very, I, I designed a product that uh, Kyle Toth uh, actually sold for me for a little while. Oh. Uh, like a center finder for uh, for uh, like lathe uh, face plates, mm-hmm. and oh. uh, and so uh, we uh, I designed it, so we printed it, and he ended up selling a, a number of them. Um, and I actually you know, was going to patent it, but I never got around to it, and now it's too late. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I looked into that whole. It's in the Lee Valley catalog and, now. And, yeah, yeah exactly. right. Somebody else picked it up. Somebody else's name. Yeah, no. Uh, Petrograde Woodworks has that on sale. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cut. Deep cut. Deep deep inside joke. <laughs> cut. Yeah. Anyway. Well, with that said, uh, Nick, so where can folks find you on the interwebs? I'm the Grain Doctor uh, on pretty much most social medias, on uh, mostly Instagram and YouTube. Uh, you can find me there, most active on uh, Instagram. Fantastic. Mark, what about yourself? Uh, well, you can find me at plate11.com for all things workbench or shave horse related. And uh, for hand tool learning, you can go to jointeffort.net slash learn. How about you, Kyle? Uh, you can always find me at bart.kyle on Instagram or Kyle Barton on YouTube. Sean, what about yourself? You can find me at seanw78. Go look for me. And that just about wraps it up for this show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. And while you're there, please leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast. And if you'd like to support the podcast, go over to patreon.com slash MWA podcast. But the best thing you can do is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion.